Hello, listeners. We're Shedding Light, and I'm Candy. I'm Angela. And I'm Susie. And we're hell-bent on shedding light on unsolved missing persons cases across Canada. In an attempt to find the missing piece of the puzzle. What you are about to listen to is the culmination of countless hours of research. In an attempt to gather as many facts as possible about the case by reading news articles, online blogs and forums, and by interviewing friends, family, and people involved in the case. We will discuss different theories and possibilities and pick them apart in order to evaluate their likelihood, or better yet, eliminate them. We weren't there. We don't claim to know what happened. We can only try to paint a picture using the resources that we do have. We don't claim anything to be fact that isn't. We don't claim our interviewees' words to be fact. It's their memory. It's their recollection. It's their truth, and it's their opinion. And everybody's entitled to one. That does not mean we necessarily share any of these opinions. And listeners, please remember, everyone, including the suspects, is presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Please bear that in mind as we welcome you to Season 4, Episode 1, The Disappearance of Lois Hanna in partnership with Please Bring Me Home and sponsored by Bruce Power. In December 2015, Bruce Power reached an agreement with the independent electricity system operator to advance a long-term investment program which would refurbish its nuclear fleet and secure the site's operation until 2064. The program will secure an estimated 22,000 jobs directly and indirectly from operations and an additional 5,000 jobs annually throughout the investment program, injecting billions into Ontario's economy. Welcome back, listeners. We really just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so grateful for your continued support. You know, the other day we listened to some of our earlier episodes and cringed when we caught our little mistakes and noticed our lack of editing experience compared to now. You have been a faithful lot and stuck with us through our growth. A podcast is just a podcast. It's you, the listeners, that make the difference by sharing, commenting, liking, and reviewing. The wider our audience, the more chance we have at finding the piece of the puzzle that could bring the missing home, and you can be a part of that. Truth be told, we get pretty giddy when we read the five-star reviews. It's like getting an A on your English test, which I've never had, but (laughs) I'm sure feels really good. (laughs) Uh, Like getting a bonus from your boss or receiving a, a commendation for a job well done. Here are just a few of your reviews that make us proud to continue shedding light on missing persons cold cases. So here's one posted by Trina Marilyn entitled Neil, obviously with regards to our last season on Neil McDougall. Great podcast. This rattles me. My dad knew him and his brother very well. And I remember this as a young girl and the families. It has bothered me for years and I talk about it often. People do speculate that certain people did things and where certain things are. And as a medium, I have many thoughts and I am rattled at the police corruption and lack of interest. 
Well done. Thanks for your work. And might I just add, if Trina Marilyn is listening, we'd love to communicate with you. And you probably know how to get in touch with us. Here's another five-star posted by Smash Kabash and titled, You're Doing Something. In regards to the disappearance of Melanie Etier and Luc Jolie de Rocher, I find myself checking every day to see if there's a new episode out of Shedding Light podcast. That's how invested I am in it. These ladies are doing something extremely important for our region and for these families. I'm from North Bay, but both of my parents are originally from Temiskaming Shores. Most of our family still lives there and we have a cottage there, so we visit often. I've known the story of Melanie's disappearance since I was a child, or so I thought. I now realize that there is so much more to her story, and there must be more people like me that don't really know any of the facts. The same thing with the story of Luke. I never knew anything more than the fact that he was turned down entry at Cecil's, the zoo. Hearing from family members and even the bouncer who turned Luke away made the whole story more real. Although I never knew Luke or Melanie, I see Celine's car plastered with missing posters. I see Melanie's face on the way to Temiskaming Shores, and it makes it real, and it makes it personal. I see missing posters for Luke, and the fact that it happened in my city, my community, makes it real and personal. These women are doing such a good job by getting these stories out there. Someone knows something and the truth will come out sooner than later. It is important that we keep these stories going to help the families get closure and in turn, closure for the whole community. Keep up the good work. Here's another review posted by Rex567 entitled, Thank You Ladies. It reads, bless you for putting your time and effort into trying to ease another person's pain. We all hope that your efforts will bring closure to the cases you are shedding light on. The series is about having a dialogue about the aftermath and trail of unanswered questions when a person goes missing. The ladies are reaching out into the new web of social media to try and reach that one person who has the puzzle piece that will complete the picture. This series will ignite fresh conversation and rekindle old memories. It can only help to take the case nearer to its closure. I look forward to updates on Melanie's case and also to future seasons shedding light on other cases. We are continuing our partnership with Please Bring Me Home and we'll be dedicating this season to another of the mysterious cases on their roster from Gray and Bruce Counties in Ontario, the disappearance of Lois Marie Hanna. Lois has been missing since July 4, 1988, from King Carden, Ontario. Born February 3, 1963, the youngest of five children and the only girl, Lois was just 25 years old when she went missing. She was Caucasian, stood 5 foot 4, 120 pounds, with short brown curly hair and brown eyes. One very distinguishing mark she had was a scar on her upper right leg. Lois attended the Celebrate in 88 dance at the Lucknow Arena on Sunday, July 3rd, 1988, which was Canada Day long weekend. The town of Lucknow was celebrating their 130th birthday. She was accompanied by her brother Dave and met up with other friends at the dance, which was attended by a couple hundred people. 
Lucknow is about a 20-minute drive or 36 kilometers from her home in Kincardine. Later in the night, she mentioned to her brother and friends that she was tired and she had to leave as she had to work the opening shift the next morning at McGee's, a women's clothing store. Lois left the arena at approximately 11.45 p.m. in her 1987 Burgundy Pontiac Grand M. When Lois failed to show up for work the next morning, her boss and co-worker became concerned as this was completely out of character for her. She was a faithful employee and had been working there after completing the fashion design program at Fanshawe College. Her employer was very concerned for her well-being after failed attempts at reaching her by phone. The owner of the store, Debbie McGregor, sent the co-worker over to Lois's to check on her well-being. Lois lived alone in a brick bungalow. The co-worker found Lois's car in the driveway. When Lois did not answer the door, she tried letting herself in, only to find all three outside doors locked. She then located an open bathroom window and managed to gain entry into the house, only to discover that Lois was not there. What she found was bizarre. The television was on, and there was a half cup of cold tea sitting on the kitchen counter. The pink outfit that she had worn to the dance that night before was hung up neatly in her closet. Her purse and keys were in the china cabinet, where she always kept them. This means that Lois was home long enough to go about her evening routine. But where is she? What had happened to her? Lois's friends immediately called her brother Dave Hanna and relayed her concerns. Dave also agreed that this was not at all like a sister and the Concordan police were contacted. There were no signs of a struggle or forced entry, which would lead one to question whether she knew her abductor well enough to let them into her home that fateful night. Authorities surmised that she arrived at her home on Nelson Street at around 12.15 a.m. July 4th and that perhaps she was followed home or that the house was being watched for her arrival. Missing from her residence was a peach nightgown and matching robe, which indicates that she may have been in her nightclothes when she was abducted. The only possible physical evidence found, eventually, were two pea-sized drops of blood on the wall next to the home's side entrance door. For years, the only information released regarding the blood was that it was from a male. Lois Hanna has never been seen or heard from again. Lois's mother wrote this in 1997. My daughter Lois has been missing for nearly nine years. Lois is my only daughter, and I know she wouldn't leave without telling me or the boys. One weekend she was with us, and the next morning she was gone, vanished without a trace. She was 25 when she left, and now she would be 34. I'm appealing to anyone who could help find my daughter. It has been a lonely and sad time without her. Please help me find my daughter. Lois's mother has since passed away, never ever knowing what happened to her one and only daughter. Absolutely heartbreaking and devastating. No parent should ever have to go through that unbearable pain. No parent should ever have to go to their grave without knowing what happened to their child. 
This past July marks 33 years since Lois vanished. She would be 58 years old today. Someone knows something. Someone holds the answers for her family. Please join us for Episode 2, where we will discuss in depth the timeline of events leading up to Lois's disappearance and the many years that followed. We will also be speaking with Lois's brother, who has remained actively involved in his sister's case. It's a long time. I can watch Lois walk away from me in the arena. I just have to close my eyes and I can watch the back of her. She gave me a hug. She, she announced it. Everybody was gassed. I mean, we'd had just a fabulous time that whole weekend. This podcast, as always, is dedicated to the memory of her dear boy, Nolan Pinchishan. Love you, Nolan. If any of our listeners have any information regarding Lois Hanna's whereabouts, please contact the King Carden OPP Detachment at 519-396-3341, or you can submit an anonymous tip at pleasebringmehome.com. The phone Shit.